Check, 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 testing, testing, check, check. Hey, we're here. We are here. Back again. Good morning. How you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I'm still fighting off this, uh, this virus, this, this virus that shall not be named. You sure it's a virus? Uh, it could be just a lot of um, cognitive dissonance. What if it's just bad terrain? It could be. Have you seen, my terrain isn't doing too great lately. <laughs> Uh, I haven't been working out or exercising like I normally do, as I drink some Diet Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew Zero. It's diet. It's different. It's diet. It's Mountain Dew Zero, which there's Diet Mountain Dew, and there's Mountain Dew Zero. Oh, okay. So that's not diet. That's zero. Yeah. What does it have instead of sugar? Well, it has... And sucralose. And gum Arabic. And escuscolulifim. Aspartame. There's your first problem. Yeah, aspartame, sucralose. It's a phenylketonuric. Ketonurics. That's what I said. Phenylketonur. Ketonorix contains phenylalanine. Phenylalanine. Mm-hmm. It's totally natural. Right. So basically you're just poisoning yourself and you're wondering why you feel sick. No, I'm not wondering. I never said I was okay. wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what it was when I picked it up. How does it taste? It tastes okay. Why don't you just drink the other stuff with the sugar in it or the high fructose corn syrup? Well, I don't want to poison myself. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Seriously, you do you not drink Mountain Dew with the the high fructose corn syrup anymore? I don't like the calories. I don't like drinking the calories if I can help it. Plus, that stuff's really sweet once you get used to this. Aspartame is terrible. I know. I, I think know. there's there's a mutual acquaintance we have that uh, a lady that um, I heard this through the grapevine, so it could totally be wrong, but. She thought she had MS. She was she was hurting. She went to the doctor and they and they thought she had multiple sclerosis and she stopped drinking the diet drinks with the aspartame. It's the aspartame that's that's the bad one. Right. And she's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's all her problems were solved. Well, I should stop drinking that stuff. I'm not telling you what to do here. I'm just saying, <laughs> just anecdotally. Aspartame's pretty bad stuff. Aspartame is famous for having been uh it's it's famous. It's not famous. Very few people know about this, but there's a Donald Rumsfeld Monsanto FDA angle here, which is crazy because Rumsfeld was <laughs> the secretary, the secretary of defense, right? And um, but he came from Monsanto, Monsanto, right? I think so. So if I type into Google, which is highly edited now, Rumsfeld, which has no I in it. Monsanto, there is no suggested 
next uh, right. search suggestion and aspartame. Let's see what DuckDuckGo says. Let me type in the exact same. Okay, so the first article actually happens to be Huffington Post. Now, see, you can get some articles off of uh, mainstream outlets ripping the Bush administration back in the day because it well, seemed like Monsanto they all hated it. was public enemy number one for a while there. Yeah, but then they overcame that. Anyway, the first article off of Google is Donald Rumsfeld and the Strange History of Aspartame. Yeah, that's the first one that shows up on DuckDuckGo as well. The, the byline that Google reports here is, one, the chemical additive aspartame is very potentially a cancer and brain tumor-causing substance that has no place in our food. That's just the Huffington Post, Bobby. Right. I wouldn't worry about that. Here's Huffington the, Post is like off the deep end statist. This is the second article on, on DuckDuckGo. But I do try to avoid as much aspartame as I can. Organicconsumers.org. Racketeering charges filed against Donald Rumsfeld and Monsanto. I don't know if that's the second one on Google. Yeah, racketeering uh, is essentially... What does RICO stand for? The RICO laws? Racketeering, something else, fraud... So Rumsfeld was president of Searle Pharmaceuticals, a company owned by Monsanto. And he's uh, believed to have earned around $12 million from the sale of Searle to Monsanto. Anyway. Well, uh, RICO, people talk about RICO laws. RICO stands for Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organization. So there was a Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act Passed by Congress. Ironically. <laughs> you want to talk about corrupt institutions. <laughs> okay. And um, this act was passed in, the, in 1970, and I think it was to try and pa- to fight organized crime. The problem was it was one organized crime organization putting its thumb on the rest of the organized crime organizations. Al Capone was famous for saying about uh, the government, that the government hates competition. Right. When he was thrown in jail for running. I thought you were going to say, he was famous for saying, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Is that Al Capone? I don't know. I think that's Scarface. Scarface, okay. <laughs> by, played by Al Pacino. Pacino. <laughs> Another famous Al. Right. Ga- a gangster. Of course, I think Scarface with Al Pacino is a remake of the original Scarface which was made in the 20s or 30s, maybe. But anyway. I'm going to have to brush up on my gangster gangster rap also to, to <laughs> throw back to last week when we were talking about cowboy rap, but gangster rap and gangster movies, etc. Because I don't think I'm well-versed in that genre. Are you like a fan of the Godfather movies and stuff? I've never got really into that genre. Did you ever see the Godfather movies? I don't think I have seen them all the way through. See, because one thing I noticed is they rank really high on IMDb. So, which is they're the always internet mentioned movie in database. Their top ten or top twenty movies well, of all time. For a while, time. they're like, like top of all time. Right. They might still be at the top of the list. Or I at least- know that a lot of famous one-liners and scenes or things come from those movies. Yeah, I guess they're really intense, but I've never like decided to actually go watch it like i'm wondering if you get scarred for life or something by watching those movies i don't know i know there's a horse head in a bed scene or something there's 
Marlon Brando. Yeah. Being Marlon Brando, being did the Godfather. Ever, did you ever see Marlon Brando had these like how to act tapes, like teaching people how to act? Really? No. I think they were real and they were just <laughs> terrible because it was like Marlon Brando just feeling like, what you want to do is just, you just want to be into the character. And like no one could, <laughs> I don't know, we'll have to maybe link to those if we can find it, but they were really silly. The bad. one, the one Marlon Brando movie I'm thinking of is uh, Apocalypse Now. Is that? You see in that movie? Is that, that's. Is that uh, Charlie, not Charlie Sheen, uh, Sheen, Martin Sheen. Is that Charlie Sheen or Martin Sheen? I don't remember now. Is that the... um, I think it's Francis Ford. Is that a war movie? And we're starting off on a great foot, aren't we, audience? No, we are. We're going to get back to... Welcome back, everybody. We're going to get back to uh, racketeering uh, because I have a comment on that. Today is Monday, November 15th, 2021. And I'm looking at my clock. It is 11.11. And we are the Mind Virus Podcast. Find us on the web at mindvirus.show. You know, I've got a, I've got a photo of me on 11.11.11 11, 11, 11, at 11.11.11. 11, 11. Really? Yeah. And I'm pretending that my mind is being blown and the screen behind me, the computer has the clock. I'd like to see that. I'll have to find that photo. If... This were a vlog or a, a video podcast, we would show you listeners, but it's not. It's it's <laughs> definitely not. And if you saw Bobby's face, you might also have your mind explode. I've got a face for the television <laughs> and a voice for the radio. Oh wait. So I'm sorry, I reversed all of that. <laughs> Speaking of faces for TV, did you see that CNN has a new boss and they are going to fire a quote significant number of on-air talent and that the new boss i don't remember who he is is going to going to pivot redirect the network to be just the news again which admits that they're not at this point just the news (laughs) and it makes you wonder who's going to be fired i wonder if don lemon and chris cuomo are feeling a little vulnerable right now I I'll believe it when I see it. Sure. There it seems like CNN and MSNBC are just uh political action committees for uh left left of center statist. Well, that's what they oligarchy. are. Oligarchy. Just like Fox is on the left of a right of center. Right of center statism. You know, it, there's a huge disconnect. See, we've talked about let's let's go Brandon. And a lot of people are Saying, uh, let's go Brandon's just code word for FJB, right? Not so. It's not just that. It's the media lying right to our face and we know it. See it. Yeah. And so. That's what it means. And it, do, it, does, it does also mean F Joe Biden, but sure. it more, it, it's like a 60 40 thing or maybe a 70 30 thing. It 70% means we know you're lying to our face. And an, another example of all of that has been this Rittenhouse trial, which has been publicly available. You can watch it. Today, November, did I say it was November 15th or 16th? It's the 15th. But Bobby, look, I'm a little bit of OCD on this problem here. We got to wind the tangent back up. Right. Because it was Apocalypse Now. So just give me one second to wind it up and then you can get to the Rittenhouse thing because that's a good well, thing to talk about. Well, I just want to say, about. closing arguments are due today. Yeah, in that, in that I think trial. we should talk about Rittenhouse. 
Okay. Wrap up but apocalypse, apocalypse now, now Francis. We are Francis, in the apocalypse now. That's a good point. Maybe that's what today's podcast will be called: is apocalypse now. I need to make a note of that. Now the apocalypse. So uh, the thing is that to give credit here, it is Francis Ford Coppola. Martin Sheen is a star, the main star, and Marlon Brando is a rogue. Um army colonel who has gone into the jungle and set up his own society. I believe this is heart uh, a re- a remake of Heart of Darkness. Do you know have you ever read Heart of Darkness? Mm-mm. Heart of Darkness is uh, ni- an 1899 novel by Joseph Conrad and tells the story of a guy who goes into the Congo on a boat into the up the river to a uh, settlement where a white guy has taken over the jungle, you know, the jungle population or something. There's crazy stuff going on. So that's essentially, it's a Vietnam War version of that. And Marlon Brando plays the the supposedly deranged guy who's just checked out and gone into the the He's gone native. He's gone into the jungle and the natives kind of worship him as a god. And it starts out with Harrison Ford giving Martin Sheen. Have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. This is the one, I, I believe it's uh, Robert Duvall who says, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a, uh, a cav- uh, an air cavalry commander. He's a helicopter commander. And he and his helicopter guys will f- provide air cover, but they also fly around the rivers there looking for the best surf. So they'll land and then they'll go surfing. And it's, bu- it's bizarre. It's really an interesting movie, uh, I thought. Yeah. It was no, it, quite that, avant-garde. That's another one that shows up on all these lists. And it got me thinking, what... Will any of the current movies, let's say the last five to ten years, show, will they be will like they this? ever show up on any of these lists? Yeah, I I don't know that we're making movies like that anymore. I, I saw a thought recently that Hollywood Hollywood cinema now is really bland, boring, shallow. So much of it is remakes. A lot of it's wokeness, though. A lot of it is that, and then you have just the the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just dominating the box office. Marvel's put out what eighty eighty films, a hundred and fifty. I don't like, know, and and a lot of a lot of them aren't very good. They're about to go downhill because they they now I I consider myself somewhat of an expert on the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. universe from a an esoteric perspective, and um, I'm not sure if we want to get into that on the air. I'd have to explain some more. Maybe in the future. Ba- some I more it's background. Because really, it's really good and you have done a ton of research on that. But the point is that they invert the heroes, the typical hero paradigm where you have Thanos, who's the one who does all the progressing and ascending. And it's the Avengers who want to keep things in a, co- in a comatose, stagnant, mm-hmm. not, not evolving state. Their goal is to keep the world from moving ahead. Mm-hmm. And they do. They set this up in the, um, with the excuse that they are protecting the world, right? And that's right. you know protecting them from alien invaders. That's that's great. But the day is coming that shall burn as an oven. This was uh, a scripture quoted to Joseph Smith in the fall 
uh, I forget what year it was when he was about, um, was it 1825-ish? He was about, uh, he wasn't 14, he was like... Which, uh, I don't remember, I don't remember. Was it it one of his Moroni visits? Uh, Yeah, it was his first Moroni visit, that's what I'm looking for. So that happened when he was like 18 or so? Well, yeah, the date here is important because... um, he has uh he has this first vision right in 1820 mm-hmm. in his four, 15th year is that what it says i think it's his 14th year maybe 15th so i think he was 14 years old at it was at this time in my 15th year is what it says in verse 7 of joseph smith history but uh later on he tells about the angel Moroni visiting him. And this was, uh, let's see, 1823. So three years later. Okay. That, I just wanted to get it because he wasn't 14 at the time. He'd had experiences and he wanted to know, um, you know, he was worried that he wasn't doing what God wanted, and so he prays sincerely about it, and this angel appears to him. And the angel told him a lot more than just, hey, you're on the right track. Right. That's, that's what's interesting is, seems like if you, get a, if you get an experience from heaven, it might be like a big download, a big time, like... <laughs> Since I'm here, yeah. <laughs> let me, now, let me tell, now that I've got you captive here, the, the angel quoted to him several pieces of scripture, one of which was in Malachi, and, it, and one of the verses was, the day is coming that shall burn as an oven. But he quoted it differently than it's actually written in the King James Bible, and Joseph makes note, note of that. He says, the angel said it this way, the day is coming that shall burn as an oven. Those that are coming shall burn them up and leave them neither root nor branch. That's the, that's the thing I wanted to point out is the, the Malachi version says the day will burn them up. But the word seraphim, a seraph, which is a common term for an, or an uncommon term for an angelic being, it literally in Hebrew means fiery one, or sometimes fiery flying serpent for you Book of Mormon affectionados, okay? Go find that in the Book of Mormon and post where you found it and your thoughts on it on mindvirus.show and tell us why that's important, okay? And we will maybe comment about it on the air, (laughs) or maybe not. Thanks to R. Brent, whoever that was, uh, posting your... uh, the the one the one person bold enough to come to the podcast and tell us they enjoyed last week's episode. Right, we do read. <laughs> come, to, the come to the website. De- yeah, we definitely read the comments. It's yeah, I not did hard to do because there's only usually one or two. But... I did have some feedback from from acquaintances saying they liked last week's episode. It was a little more, a little more uh, esoteric, religious than we normally get. But uh, here we are. Here we are again in the same territory. Just. Just running on, tangentizing, giving the the 
since the before or from the beginning of time explanation. Okay, those that are coming shall burn them up and leave them neither root nor branch. The point is that the seraphim are fiery ones. And I think we might have pointed this out before that Joseph Smith said in that King Follett discourse, you know, the whole point is to become gods, to walk the path that those gods, all the gods have before us, which is to go from a small degree to a greater degree, from grace to grace, from exaltation to exaltation, until you can sit down to dwell with those who dwell in everlasting burnings. And in the cosmology of Joseph Smith, which I don't think we really care too much about in church, again, I'm, I know I'm outing myself here as a little bit of a, what would you say? Uh, fringe, <laughs> rabble rouser, <laughs> someone who's uh, not always well accepted. The po- when I read the boat walk, the boat rocker by Terrence. Terrence Mann. Mann. <laughs> it's not my fault. You wouldn't have a catch with your dad. <laughs> but uh, see, the point is that uh, we we've devolved in our cosmology as Christians to think that. It's the devil that that dwells in burnings and is in fire. No, it's the gods that dwell in everlasting burnings. And so a seraphim being a fiery flying one is important. And those that are coming shall burn us up and leave us neither root nor branch. That's really important to understand. And uh, it's the devil that's always left in the cold. He's the furthest away from the fire, which is why Dante... In the Divine Comedy, which means the divine system, the Divina Comedia in Italian means the divine system, which is what we were kind of talking about last week, is how this system of the gods, the system of progression, and he, he with Virgil, his guide, walks from, if you imagine the earth upside down, he walks through the center of the earth, to the, or through, the, through the earth, to the middle of the earth, in, in the book Inferno, he keeps progressively getting lower and lower and lower or towards the center. And in the ninth ring of hell, he finds Satan there, larger than life. He's massive. He is, uh, he's got three faces that are three different colors and bat wings, and he's grizzled and hairy, and he's chewing on the three great traitors, Brutus, Cassius, and Judas. Now, see, Brutus and Cassius had betrayed Caesar, which was a god to the Romans, and so Dante's coming out of that Roman tradition. And uh, he was also, a lot of people don't know that Caesar, Julius Caesar, was their high priest. Did you know that? He was like the, the priest of the Roman, one of the highest priests of the Roman religion. So he's sort of, a, in a way, a stand-in for God. And of course, Judas had betrayed Jesus the Christ, so he is, of course, the ultimate traitor. Anyway, these guys are getting chewed on by Satan in the ninth ring of hell, and Satan is, you know, larger than life. He's got bat wings, he's grizzled and hairy, and he's encrusted in ice. That's the point. Inferno, inferno in Italian and inferno in Latin does not mean a fiery, blazing Inferno, like we, we think of it today in modern American English, what it means is actually the opposite. It means, well, it doesn't mean the opposite, but it means furthest away. And since it's furthest away from the fire, that's why Dante has him encrusted in ice. But the point is, those that are coming shall burn us up. Now, do, I'm, I'm going to wrap up all the tangents, and we're going to get to Kyle Rittenhouse. Maybe. Okay, so here we go. Speaking of burnings. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a dumpster fire right there, which he was trying to put out dumpster fires. Literally. Okay, so here's the point. The alien hosts 
of the Avengers that are coming to burn the earth, and they say they're coming to burn the earth in the first Avengers movie, these are the angels, okay? And Thanos represents the great ascended one, the one who goes through all the levels of progression and then literally sits down and smiles in a place that they spend a lot of time in Endgame telling us the name of this planet that he goes to when he finishes his work is called The Garden. And if you watch this, if you watch in Endgame, there's a, a nebula explains it to um, Colonel Rhodes, who is uh, Iron Patriot, right? He, she explains it and she says, oh, uh, I know where he went. He went to the garden. And my father, who she tells them earlier, is not a liar. He, my father is one thing, but a liar is not one of them. Or, my father is many things, but a liar is not one of them. So they set him up as he's not a liar. He's very consistent. And uh, she says, my father had this great plan. And I would ask him, you know, he, oh, she says, she says, my father spent many many, many years trying to perfect me. He was trying to perfect me. And even when I was disassembled, I wanted to please him. And I would ask him, where will we go when your plan is complete? And he would always say, the garden. I mean, I'm not even doing it justice. It's so overtly the Adam and Eve uh, material mixed in with hermetic uh, Joseph Smithian eternal progression stuff. It's like, it's like, uh, like you, you know, it's like you're in a dark parking lot and uh, somebody's car alarm goes off and you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's, that is so, if you know, if you know this cosmology, that's what the Avengers material starts to look at. The problem is they've got it spread out over 20 some odd movies and it's, it's pretty amazing. Okay. Well, anyway, going back, we got on the Avengers stuff. We were talking about, you know. Are there any good movies anymore? Because we were talking about Apocalypse Now. Yes, it is the Apocalypse Now, right? That's why that's relevant to the podcast. And that was important because Marlon Brando, the great gangster actor, is in it. And we were discussing RICO laws. Now, RICO laws are the modern equivalent of the anti-secret combination that was laws. impressive. Okay, I'm that getting... An, that was an impressive I'm tangent getting back. and... And, you know, bringing it all the way back, it reminds me of some jam bands that I like, like the Grateful Dead. Okay. And they'll go off on a musical tangent. And they come back. And they come back to the original song, and it's seamless, and you're like, huh, that, worked, that worked really well. It's chiasm. It's a, very, it's a very Near Eastern, a very Near Eastern esoteric thing. It's a chiasm. We got to get back. Well, anyway, the point is, Rico and racketeering laws are important because the... Rico, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Racketeer-influenced and corrupt organizations laws, which is always called RICO, that's important because we were talking about racketeering. You brought it up. Who, who were they getting on for racketeering? I don't remember. Well, are you talking about Rumsfeld? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we're Rums almost Rumsfeld back to the tap. See, okay. you saved us there because I had forgotten. So Rumsfeld had racketeering charges brought right. up against him. Right. And that's that means that they had discovered a conspiracy or a secret combination. See, people who people who don't believe in conspiracies, you have to say, well then why the RICO laws? Why the racketeering laws? That's that's conspiracy laws. Those are corrupt 
They, they made those laws so that they could persecute organized crime. That's what got us to Marlon Brando and Apocalypse Now. What got us on to Donald Rumsfeld? I'm pointing to it on the table. There's oh, yeah, two the, of them. The Mountain Dew. Aspartame. Do not drink aspartame. It is killing <laughs> all you. All of that was just to tell See, me not to drink aspartame. Well, well yes, that was all <laughs> to tell you not to, to drink aspartame because let me quote something to you. Okay, let me, let me just hold tight because I want to <laughs> quote this. I don't want to like misquote it. I want to quote it because it's important because this is something you're interested in. Okay. This is something that was sent not by commandment or constraint, but by revelation and by the word of wisdom, capital W. It does sound like it comes from a feminine influence showing forth the order and will of God in the temporal salvation of all saints, which I include you in all saints, Bobby. Okay. In the last days given for, a principle with promise adapted to the capacity of the weak and the weakest of all saints who are or can be called saints. I mean, if that doesn't describe Bobby Flood and Jordan Bruto, I don't know who, who it does describe. He says, Bear, behold, verily, I'm getting, my voice is getting higher now. Behold, verily, thus saith the Lord unto you, Bobby Flood, in consequence of the evils and designs which do and will exist in the hearts of conspiring men such as Donald Rumsfeld and those who run the Monsanto Corporation in the last days, I have warned you and I forewarn you by giving unto you this word of wisdom by revelation. And it goes on to talk about a code of health that would help us feel better. And then at the end of it, it says, those who remember to keep and do these sayings, walking in obedience to the commandments, and by the way, commandments here and in most cases means God talking to you personally, which we talked about last week. So whatever you're, whatever you're hearing, you know, that, that true voice in your heart, you know what it is, the Holy Spirit that God speaks to you, through which God speaks to you. Those who keep and do these sayings, walking in obedience to the, those commandments, shall receive health in their navel and marrow to their bones, and shall find wisdom, oh, I should say that again, and shall find wisdom. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And great treasures of knowledge, even hidden treasures. And they shall run and not be weary and shall walk and not faint. Now that, I think, has dual meaning, physical and in an eternal progression sense. And I, the Lord, give unto them a promise that the destroying angel destroys with what? Fire, which we've recently talked about, shall pass them by as even as the children of Israel. This is an allusion to the Passover. And not slay them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, if you excuse me while I go get another take Mountain Dew Go zero. ahead, take a swig. He's got both of them open. Can you get them both in there at once? No, one of them is empty. Already? Yeah. Already. <laughs> okay, well, you're, you're being a good sport here for me, ripping on you. Look, your, I know right, it's not healthy. Real, t- real time, during the podcast. I've, I've, I've made can, a few You can find half, something other than aspartame. I've made a few half-hearted, quarter-hearted attempts <laughs> to stop. So today is Monday, November 15th. How long have we been going? 30 minutes. We can just wrap it up. Call this apocalypse yeah, now. Maybe we will. But speaking of the apocalypse, this is a quote from the prosecution, the prosecutor in the Kyle Rittenhouse 
trial. Okay, before you quote that, can I just quote Mark Twain really quick? Just to yeah, say, I'm yeah. going to let you, I'm, I'll let you run with it. I've been running with it for a minute here. I want to quote Mark Twain really quickly because this applies, if it ever applied, ever, and it does. It really does. It applies now and it applies in spades. It applies orders of magnitude more than it ever applied in any situation. But in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, this applies. In religion and politics, and I would say everything else, people's beliefs and convictions are in almost every case gotten at second hand and without examination from authorities who have themselves who have not themselves examined the questions at issue, but have taken them at second hand from other non-examiners whose opinions about them were not worth a brass farthing. Okay. That definitely applies. Greater truth, perhaps, has never been spoken here in this fallen world. Okay, go ahead. I, I have not watched, I have not been watching the trial in real time, but I have been watching clips and reading about it from the source. And there is so much misinformation about what happened in, in the mainstream media, peddled by the mainstream media. Remember, the president of the United States called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist. They've the, been calling him a mass murderer. The president of the United States called him a white supremacist months ago. This was a kid who, during the Black Lives Riots, Matt, Black Lives Riots Matter. This is a kid who during the Black Lives Matter riots was out trying to help defend, uh, you know, keep, keep the peace and keep people from destroying property. So he was out with other people and they had, they had their weapons. This was, this was a tactic that worked really well in dirt, certain parts of the country. But in Wisconsin, it got out of hand. And uh, most of the time, these rioters would pass by from people who are protecting business property, standing outside with, uh, with guns, with rifles, you know. So he was, he was out there trying to help friends and, and acquaintances protect. He's a civic-minded kid. He was training to be a police officer or wanted to be a police officer. He was earlier in the day cleaning up graffiti. He's on videos, and, he, and he, they had him on video beforehand showing how he wanted to help, and he had, to, had a rifle to protect himself, and he had a med kit to help himself and others. Which, by the way, and I looked up some Wisconsin laws. He was, he was within his rights to, to possess the gun, to open carry it like he was. And in fact, the judge has dropped that charge the, yeah. the recently. So, so he, he was doing everything he was right. Legally, he was carrying the gun legally. And again... I know I was going to let you set the stage, but... No, go ahead. And again, the point is that the video footage has been available for a long time. It's very clear that he acted in self-defense. He ended up shooting and killing two people and wounding another person. Right. And And Wisconsin's self-defense laws are almost identical to Utah's. They have... You do not have... You do not have to retreat. There is no duty there are to some, retreat. There are some st- states where you have to retreat. But right. But Rittenhouse did retreat. That's the thing. He was chased. The, the, the video they have of him retreating is him on the ground with two men trying to kill him. And he shoots up and kills one and wounds the other. That's the... And then the lone, the lone survivor who was a witness for lone the prosecution. <laughs> the, this man testified under oath that he was advancing on Rittenhouse with a drawn gun and then right. was shot. Right. So that's the, 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 the stage is that this is, if there ever was a, a more textbook 
case of self-defense, the only way it could be more textbook would be if they had perfect video of the first shooting that he was running away from trying to get cops to come right get involved well let's not pretend that it's written house on trial here <coughs> written house is proxy for the second amendment and reality let's let's right. say reality is on trial here so binger the prosecution prosecutor has been remarkably incompetent but he said this is a quote you lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. That's evil. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. What a huge lie. It's insane. First of all, let's... let's millions... <clears throat> sorry. Millions upon millions of Americans carry guns with them everywhere they go every day. <laughs> The I see. I think I see the. Uh, there's a zero hedge article on this because you're quoting, um, you're quoting like real time. Like this is happening right now, right now while right. we speak. That's part of the closing are, argument. Yeah, th this is the prosecution's closing arg argument. The defense is about to go, but Jack po Posobiec, uh, who's a, a pretty good reality guy, team reality guy on Twitter, he he says. I told you this was all about the Second Amendment. Are you paying attention yet? And he quotes another guy, Greg Price, who says, what period, the period, actual period, F-U-C-K. <laughs> right. Which, well, is, and, which, and, is, which, which, Bobby, is an appropriate response it here. Is, it's, it is. And, and Jack Posobiec has been saying that a lot with all of this. That's one of his little... Lost... He, he, he lost the right saying, to self. Are you paying attention? Yet? Lost. That's that's a good point. That's a good question. That's why I'm I'm a little concerned about uh, Thanksgiving here coming up, because I know I'm we're going to see some family and there's some, uh, sure, yeah, state right. state historianed people there, and I I'm not sure if I can keep my tongue in my mouth. I might literally Just spontaneously combust. Eat a lot of pie and keep that mouth busy. Are you paying attention yet? Like I, I'm literally worried that i might let's, ask ask let, ask a relative if that, they've been brain raped that i mean okay utah our great state our home utah has one of the most sought after concealed carry permits in the country because they will issue it to just about anybody so people will come from other states to get the permit here well and it's recognized by something it's like recognized 26 by 36 or 30 states. 36 states 36 states recognize the the Utah permit. In in some form or another. There's two permits that Utah will issue. There's their standard permit, which is for 21 and over. Mm -hmm. And then there's a provisional permit, which is for 18 to 20. So some of the states won't recognize that provisional permit, which I think is fairly new. I think when, I think back in, back in the day that that didn't exist. But 36 states will recognize all or, or one or both of those permits. Including Wisconsin, by the way, just as an FYI. Thank you, Wisconsin. Now, what does that permit? Utah recently said, here in Utah, you do not, you no longer need a concealed carry permit to conceal a weapon. They also kind of opened up. They call up, that constitutional carry. They also kind of opened up their open carry laws. And now in Utah, if you're legal, if you're, if you're a legal gun owner, 
<laughs> which let's not even get there, go there. <laughs> but you can now open carry. So I, you could walk around with a gun on your hip openly uh, displayed like a cop would, and that is now legal. Now, I don't know if it's prudent because we live in a culture, even in Utah, where people are taught to fear guns and to, to get nervous and fear freaky about the side well, of the it's gun. getting it, it's getting to be more common in utah like there was a big open carry movement a while back there were some laws the the university of utah tried to clamp down on it and the state legislature said no no these guys can carry in class so at U, at uvu and at utah state and university of utah by the way any state-run college or U, I, even U, high school even even utah polytechnic yeah, <laughs> did they change the the, the they changed the name the didn't legislature they? i don't know if it was signed officially you're gonna but, call it utah tech yeah it's just so dumb it's just so it's just the it, it's theatrics get your dixie uh what are they gonna do with dixie the big, college the big painted d on the mountain there down there it's not a d it's a dixie it says dixie on no, the sugar loaf this says just a d now you're kidding me hmm. I was just down there the other day. It's just no, a big... that's Dixie on the rock. Dixie Rock. It just says D. Anyway. Where was I going with all this? Anyway, so... No, we got to stop. Hold. No. <laughs> no, we're not moving on. You can okay, look that up. You, you're telling me that's no longer there? On the that, sugar loaf? That might still be there. There's a different D. Yeah, there's a different D. I don't know. I haven't seen that. I don't know you've, if you've been to St. George, you've gone up and stood on top of that. That's the Sugarloaf. That's the big Dixie Rock. Is that the one that looks overlooks downtown? Yeah, it's right there. I, there's no way they defaced that. I, I don't know. I don't remember seeing that. And I'm pointing to images on his computer screen. Okay, Bobby. There's a D on the, on the mountain above the temple and below where the old airport used to be. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I remember where I was going with this now. You absolutely have the right to self-defense whether you brought the gun or not. You have the right to self-defense. Self-defense is absolute. That's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. I don't of. know how you've missed the sugar loaf, though. I mean, next time you're down in St. George, you tell me you missed the sugar loaf. I'm going to say you're well, yeah, drinking, might, drinking too much gone. aspartame. They, they, might as, they, might as. they didn't get rid of the sugar loaf. I was there re, uh, at least... So a few months ago, you absolutely, I'm going to see, he says you lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. False. Absolutely. Unequivocally false. Lying. It doesn't liar, matter. Liar, liar, pants it on doesn't fire. Matter if you brought the gun or a knife or a baseball bat or your own two fists, you have the right to self-defense. Well, and, and that's the problem is the look, point, the point of the gun was self-defense and that's the point of the self-defense laws. Right, et the self-defense laws in Wisconsin, in Utah, and many, many states are very clear. And the English common law. Let us not let us not forget the English common law that allows a person that that doesn't. It, it's not the law that allows it, but it's customary that we have that God-given right to protect ourselves. Now, the mainstream media is saying things like he showed up with the intent to kill people, as if they know his intentions. And it's pretty clear by his actions that he didn't intend anything of the sort. They're also saying he discharged something like 60 rounds, which is a lie. They're, the lies about this 
even in the face of the trial, which by the way, YouTube today has suspended independent streams that had legal aficionados Other, yeah. and experts commentating on non-CBS it. Non-CBS analysis. Right. They suspended those. They do not want you to know the truth about this. So in the face of the trial, they are still lying about it. They are still telling you that it was about race. They are still telling you that he was a murderer and that he instigated these conflicts, even though the witness on the stand admits that he was the instigator, that he pulled the gun, that he chased Rittenhouse. Whose opinions about them were not worth a brass farthing. Non-examiners whose opinions about them were not worth a brass farthing. Taken at second hand from other non-examiners. Mark Twain, look, Mark Twain saw it pretty clearly. And I know that throughout history, we've had these types of problems. But right now, are we at peak absurdity or peak hypocrisy? When are we going to reach the peak? Because I don't... What, well, I, I what's it going to what, take to be like everybody's watching the, everyone's watching the media, right? There's a lot of focus on media. There's, there's focus on the, you've got the mainstream people who are brain damaged because they're watching this, they're, they're brain raped. They're being raped. They're literally being raped by the media and they're birthing these little. I don't think it's literally. You, you said literally. I don't, I think it's. <laughs> it, I think Figuratively? It's, I think it's intellectually. Okay. No, but like <laughs> if 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 you can if you can think of the literal action by which a, a bastard thought is birthed and then sent out to play in the wild, that's pretty literal, isn't it? Sure. Okay, but it is figurative. <laughs> but okay, but literally. Okay, go ahead and go. <laughs> we're being. We're just. It's. It's. You. You asked about peak hypocrisy. Absurdity, peak absurdity. At this point, the ruling class, the elites, whatever you want to call them, they don't, they're not even trying to hide it. It's not even hypocrisy anymore. They live one way and we're expected to live a different way. You see this with, I think all 50 governors have been caught, you know, breaking their own mask rules, right? Including Herbert and Cox here in Utah. <coughs> But it's. Could you put a mask on, please? It's like, uh, it's, you know, Pelosi officiated this Getty wedding. It was this opulent, it looked like something out of Hunger Games. It was ridiculous. And breaking her own rules, right? Yeah. They don't care about hypocrisy. They don't, they're not trying to hide it. They're not getting caught doing this. They just brazenly what? say, I am better than you. Why? I live a different life. You're the peons and the peasants. You do your thing, make the world work. I will steal from you. I will loot from you. I will insider trading. I will do all of these things because I am entitled to that because I am above the law. I am better than you. I am intellectually superior. I am spiritually superior. I am superior. That's well, the, the attitude that these people have, and they believe it. They believe it with their whole beings. Okay, but why, I want to know how they have that power right now. Why? Because why is it nobody, why is it not obvious? How come there's like thirty to fifty percent of the country that's still paying attention to that? Like, I know vaccination rates are the big key here because I think a lot of people are a lot of people are asking questions, but the fact that vaccination rates are so high proves that. Do you enjoy a good nap? Oh yeah. Okay. 
People enjoy being asleep. People enjoy being told that what they believe and the way they see the world is the right way to see the world. And that's what the news does. And the news protects these elites. They don't just protect Democrats either, right? No. They, re- they protect the elite political expert class. Occasionally, they'll throw a, a sacrificial offering. You know, somebody will get caught doing something and they burn him. They protect these people. Jeffrey Epstein. Sure. Right. If you want, I don't even know if that counts because he, he was doing things for a long, long time before they disposed of him. But right. I thought he committed suicide. <laughs> but they drove him to it by locking him up, and giving him a bunk bed that he could somehow hang himself okay. off of with a bed sheet. Okay. By the way, the Maxwell trial is getting warmed up. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the lies and the disinformation that comes from that. So we got a bunch of people, though, who are willing covered. to say the media lies. I think that, like, if you ask somebody... Do Nobody you, trusts the mainstream media. Yeah, the problem is everyone says... The, do you believe the media? You know, your typical hate has no home here, sign-toting liberal will say, I don't trust the media. I don't trust that right-wing media. And then, you know, your Trump one flag bearer says, I don't trust the left-wing media. They both see it. They both see, you know, except for, well, I do trust, I do trust Rachel Maddow or I do trust Sean Hannity. It's a great gift. Tucker, Tucker Carlson. It's a great grift they've got going on. The media pits everybody against into. themselves. And you've got your, your source of truth, your single source of truth. And you trust that and only that. Well, the problem is they're both lying to us. They're, they're lying through their teeth, and now we're starting to see that. That's, that's let's go, Brandon. That's, that should be apparent. This Rittenhouse trial has woken people up. People are out there saying, I thought Kyle Rittenhouse shot black people. I thought Kyle Rittenhouse was, went on a rampage and killed several people. I thought this. I thought that. Even though videos were out there from the night of the, from the very night of the incident, but the the people are watching the trial and then seeing the way the news is portraying it, and there's a huge gap. It's not even a bias. It's just a huge gap. You know, it, I think it was NBC News said he murdered people in self-defense. You cannot murder somebody in self-defense. That is, those are two incompatible realities. Murder and self-defense are not the same thing. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at Fox News right now. They don't even have it right. They're, they're framing this prosecution's uh, argument as if his motive, his reason for being there mattered. And uh, I've seen that a lot. People are saying things like... Fox, Fox News is not your friend. We've, we've said that before. If you're, not watch, if you're not looking at alternative sources, Zero Hedge being one of the best aggregators out there, if you're not looking at alternative sources, you're not getting even, I know we're not getting the full story, even if we look at all these alternative sources, but you're not even close if you're watching and triangulating between Fox and MSNBC and CNN. People are saying things like, why was a 17-year-old there in the first place with a gun? Well, it doesn't matter. The reason he was there is because people were burning down the community. Yeah, but he had a a right to be there, just like the the business owners had a right to ask him to be there. People forget that the night before, the car lot that he was helping defend 
uh, was burned. They had several cars burned, like just absolutely destroyed by fire. And so the owner of it was looking for help. The police, the local police officers were thanking the people, the citizens who were defending these, these properties. He's, the, video, the video shows him, the uninterrupted video shows Rittenhouse shooting the, two, the second two people, getting up and running further down the street to a cop car. Yeah, saying, I just shot somebody. Telling people, and they sent him home. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, the, but see, it's I, shocking. I don't want to get too into the weeds on this, because I think more importantly is this, what we're seeing in real time. Is the emperor literally out there saying, I said literally, maybe I shouldn't have. The emperor. Literally, the emperor is not wearing any clothes. <laughs> he's and saying he's, the show must go he's on. He's grizzled and hairy and he has bat wings <laughs> and he's got three faces. But it's right. We're, we're, what, we've been seeing this. And he's lounging this on for, your couch. We've been seeing this for years now. But over the last couple of years with the coronavirus nonsense, we're seeing that what we're being told, and I'm, I'm making wild hand gestures again, what we're being told is so far from the reality that we experience and see with our own eyes. Yeah, let's that, go. That's why Let's Go Brandon is important. And we can, we can no longer just say, well, the news just got it wrong. No, they're, they're getting it wrong by design. They're programming us. They're telling us to believe certain things. I was thinking about Free Guy last night. We really got to get into Free Guy because there's a lot going on there, a lot. And I think it's really relevant to our current awful situation. But maybe today's not the day because we're already an hour in today. But, <laughs> but in, Free Guy, in Free Guy, the NPCs are programmed to act a certain way. Okay, They're literally their computer programs. Well, the news media is trying to program us to act and believe certain ways. And the only way to break out of that is to break, break the program, is to <laughs> hack the program. There's this kind of movement out there called, you know, where people are saying, be ungovernable, ungovernable, ungovernable. And I tend to agree with certain aspects of that. Don't let them program you. Don't let them, and don't just accept what they tell you. Be, don't be, what, what, what's the Mark Twain quote again? He says, in religion and politics, people's beliefs and convictions are in almost every case gotten at second hand and without examination from authorities who have not themselves examined the questions at issue, but have taken them at second hand from other non-examiners whose opinions about them were not worth a brass farthing. Do, don't be a non-examiner. Examine everything, question everything, look into it, look for alternative sources, go to the primary source, watch this trial, for example. The trial has been, in my, in my opinion, and I'm not the judge, it, it, it shouldn't have even happened. And it should be open and shut. Unfortunately, you have a jury. <laughs> you have a jury that is being threatened. You have the governor of Wisconsin threatening in a, in a sort of passive aggressive way, threatening the jury by getting 500 National Guard troops ready to keep the peace in Kenosha should this verdict uh, go poorly for, uh, for the prosecution, for the state. <coughs> that is a veiled threat. 
that is telling the jury, if you acquit this kid, our city will burn again. And so I have to get troops ready. Well, if he had gotten troops ready originally in August of 2020, maybe none of this would have ever happened because citizens would have had to defend their own property with their own guns from lunatics who were uh, burning down the city. Right. All of this has been allowed to happen, is I think what you're saying. And this Absolutely. Is, this is all by design. It's intentional. By the way, on that same note, you have people out there in the Biden administration saying the supply chain problems and the inflation and all of this economic distress would go away if we all just got vaccinated. If we could just get more people vaccinated. There's a Biden official who said, who was asked, what, what can the president do about inflation? And he, the guy just just responded with, we've really got to get more five to 11 year old kids out there vaccinated. That's the best way that we can combat this virus. He just answered a completely different question. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to take this time, just, just a moment here to thank the people that make it rain. We've had a lot right, of rain this right. fall and um, it's worth billions of dollars and farming's a big deal. And so thanks to the people in charge for making it rain. Right. Oh, and get your vaccination. So we're just being told things that are remarkably blatant brazen lies they don't match up with they don't match up with with reality so i don't know what there is to do about it i mean people who want to believe those lies will continue to believe the lies right like you can't i mean how much success <laughs> do you have when you tell people to stop watching KSL or Fox News or I don't know MSNBC? <clears throat> I don't know. That's right. You don't really have a circle, do you? It was more of a triangle. <laughs> now it's more of a I'm one of those people. Am I one of those people in that triangle? I think so. So that means there's one other guy. And, yeah. and you're saying now, it's, now, now a, now it's more it's of a line? A, now it's just a line. Was it because of the podcast you lost that guy? No, no. Oh, okay. He what listen. happened? Oh, he never listened in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I've been saying for a long, long time, before, even before all of this nonsense, like, get off of social media. Social media is bad. And get, you know, stop watching the news. The news wants us on edge. They want to make us miserable and fearful. And, and we, we both know people who won't come out of their homes. Anymore. Yeah. They're so f afraid of the virus. They're so afraid of getting sick or getting others sick that they, they're quite literally house, under house arrest. They, won't, well, they will not leave their homes. And you have other people who only leave their homes dressed in, you know, hazmat suits practically. And it's just, it's sad and it's absurd. And, you know, absurdity is the right word. There's a whole genre of theater and film called absurdism and mm -hmm. we're living through a lot of absurdity right now i think there is this synonymous with agitprop agitation propaganda there's a lot of that going on for the, sure the idea is if you if you uh, look at this on wikipedia it says it refers to intentional vigorous pro promulgation of ideas the term originated in Soviet Russia, where it referred to popular media such as literature, plays, pamphlets, films, and other art forms with an explicitly po political message in favor of communism. 
So we're dealing with agitprop, agitation propaganda. It's tr- sure. trying to get people to move in a certain way. And uh, I like the term agitprop. It may not be implied in, it, it may not be explicitly part of the historical definition, but it seems to be implied by the name that the they are trying to agitate you. The me- news media is trying to agitate you into doing something or thinking something. So Absolutely. they, they want to motivate you by fear, motivate fear, you by anger, uh, distrust, distrust. Yeah. Agitation. They want to make pit, you feel uneasy. They want to, it's not even that they want to, they are pitting us against each other. Look at the look. Let's let's just limit it to the last eighteen months. The first thing, first thing they did in this coronavirus pandemic, am I making air quotes? Was those were, those to, were big air quotes. They the first thing they did was they separated us. They took us away from each other. They said, "Stay home, stay safe. You can't be together." We've even had, I think there was a Canadian official that said the lockdowns and the stay-at-home orders are to prevent people from talking together. Right. Don't, you had, I think it was someone in Australia said, don't talk to your neighbors. Oh, did you know they're in Austria? They're locking down the unvaccinated? Effective today, I think. I thought it was Australia at first. I was like, oh, Australia again. They're locking it. No, wait a minute. It was the state of Austria in Europe. Right. But listen. We can't compare current day authoritarianism with past authoritarianism. Doing so is a moral outrage, and we should not do it. Okay? Bobby is sarcastically quoting to me Spencer Cox blather, where he got upset upset that uh, people were calling him a Nazi and calling the Department of Health Nazis even though they were doing exactly what the Nazis did. It's a moral outrage, Jordan. But locking down and excluding a certain certain people based on their decisions or their race or their their religion... perceived health... Is not a moral outrage. That's never happened before in Austria. Yeah, what... Wasn't there a certain Austrian that did certain things like that? And it got way out of hand and ended up with lots of no, I'm no, I'm probably thinking of a my movie. favorite Austrian was Captain von Trapp, <coughs> and uh, mine was Crocodile Dundee. Those they courageously walked over the mountains and escaped the Nazis, and sang a lot of great songs. I you know I do, but we ha- I do have we, to say I really like the musical. We have sound to of music. We have to look to the past in order to judge the present. You have to look at it. That's why Orwell said, destroy the past, control the past, you control the future. That's right. why Winston worked in the Ministry of Truth, where his job was to change the past. Right. That's, that's ultra important. You and can't have you, people and understanding and have what happened the, in the past. You have the, you have the chief executive of Utah's government telling us that it is a moral outrage yeah. to draw any kind of conclusions from the past and apply okay. it to the present. Okay, so we've... And I don't think our listeners are really, really tiring, tiring of the discussion because I know you all love just the sound of our voices and everything, notwithstanding Bobby's cold. But uh, we've talked about this. We've talked about it. That's the whole purpose of the, the Mind Virus podcast. We're on episode 49. Two more episodes and we're going to be doing year in review. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, well, well, that'll a few be more in, episodes. In the third, the, the episode number three following, right? Or one of, the, one of these coming up is going to be year in review. And 
year in review, not urine review. <laughs> I don't want to review that. Okay, it's a family program. I know, but you said it so fast that someone might, and especially you know, we know we're getting listened to on you know, 1.75 speed, so we always sound like this, and then you might say you're in review, you're in review. You're- Year in review. I will try better to <laughs> enunciate my words from here on out so that no one misunderstands or is offended. What, 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 what do we do about this? What the, come on, just stop and That's think for a minute. That's the great question. Does somebody with money, or do people need to band together to get money to buy a billboard, and they might literally actually have to buy, literally, I mean, like in reality, might have to purchase the billboard itself because I don't know if Reagan's signs would allow it, but do they need to put up a billboard along the, the interstate that says, the media is lying? Yeah, I mean, that could help. You could do that. There's lots of ways you could do that. I just handed Jordan my phone, which has a photo. We will put this up on the podcast. There's somebody out Website. there. Somebody out there has a big poster that they're holding on the side of the road that says the real virus threatening Utah and has a picture of a masked up Governor Cox. It's pretty good. But but we do they need to buy billboard space? Some I mean, what what is going to get people? You can say that to someone, but they won't. It does not compute. You can say, look. I, I don't, the corporate media is lying to you. I think that there's a certain number of the population that will never, no matter how brazen, no matter how blatant, will never wake up. It's like the guy in 1984 whose daughter turns him in, uh, you know, his neighbor, Winston's neighbor down the hall. And he praises his daughter. And oh, such a good girl, right? He, to the very end, when he's getting vaporized and eliminated, he's still praising the party. There's people that are so far gone, they just they'll, they'll never, they'll never wake up. They'll never see what's right in front of their eyes. But more and more people are waking up. They're, these different episodes, like the Rittenhouse trial, like the Let's Go Brandon, they're, people are saying, "Wait a minute, the vaccine uh, problems are waking people up." Wait, I was told this was 95% effective. I was told that I wouldn't get the virus if I got this. I was told I would get my life back if I just took this stupid shot. I was told I would never have to wear a mask again. Now I'm still wearing a mask. Now I'm still being segregated. I'm still having to show papers. I'm still having threats of lockdowns or being locked down. I'm still susceptible to the disease and I can still spread it. So people are waking up. Even Bill Gates, right? Mr. Vaccination himself is saying, we have to find a new way of doing these vaccines. Clearly, they're not working the way we thought they would work. And so we need to- Maybe we should do like a video. Do more. We need to do more with the the vaccines. Because this is better. He's already, you know, he's He's just treating it like- He's just treating it like software. We need to upgrade now. Now you need version 2.0. I do think he kind of looks at it like that. If we did a video cast- we could do the whole Daft Punk thing. We could wear helmets. <laughs> or we could do presidents of the United States masks. We could just wear corona masks. And then we would keep each other safe. I'm trying to not break my streak there. <laughs> <laughs> we could keep each other safe. I have to fly soon. And so you're going to have to wear one. I bought this one. It's a net, it's like a mesh. <laughs> it's the most absurd thing, but. This Does is that, all absurd. Will that work? I'm going to answer absurdity with absurdity. Because I've heard that it depends on your crew, your flight crew. 
Oh, okay. Some of them are really, really particular, like aggressive about it, mm-hmm. threatening people. You put that up over you know over your nose, or there will be a marshal waiting for you at the airport when we land. I'm tempted to say, "Fine, get the marshal, get the marshal. I will speak to him." But I don't know that I want. To I don't take think you want to do that. They on have a marshal. They have a lot of teeth. Yeah. So, but it's it's, and then I've heard that there are flights where they don't even mention masks. Mm. So it's again. None of this has ever made any logical sense. And that's the whole point, right? Keep people confused and angry and confounded so that then we can be pushed around. You know, just, in, just as soon as people start figuring out, like, wait, this insane idea doesn't seem to work. There's a new insane idea that's being pushed. You know, wait, two weeks to flatten the curve. What, what are you talking about? What do you, and suddenly it's mask mandates moving on to, I mean, remember last year, remember they, they closed down the, the playgrounds. Remember the, the police tape on the playgrounds right out in, in our neighborhood. Right. There are women that have been taken to jail for letting their kids play on playgrounds here. And one of them was a high profile case in Idaho. I can't remember what happened with that. I think it probably cooler heads probably prevailed and they didn't prosecute that. Woman. Right. But, but cause it was Idaho. But around here they had police tape on the playgrounds, right? They, they took nets off of or they covered the uh, basketball hoops so you couldn't shoot baskets they closed no, absurd yeah closed campgrounds and state parks and you know but walmart and home depot and all that crap stayed open you know we we've gone over this but, yeah we've been but, over it what, what do we do what do we do come on solutions the people I, want I, solutions <laughs> bobby I don't, I don't know. Other than di- disconnect yourself from the, the news media. I, don't, yeah, but I think our listeners have disconnected. I mean, they probably check in to see what's going on. That's what on. I'm saying. I don't think what do you they ignore do? it. You watch it knowing that they're trying to manipulate you. And then don't do what they tell you to do. You have to do what's right for you and your family. And it's a tough situation because like the, vac- the vaccine mandates... Where, or where an employers are requiring it, it's a big deal for someone to lose a job just to not take the shot and, and to stand on that principle. Because we all have to have income in this, in this system to, to survive. Sure, so but people I mean, are put into these untenable situations, again, deliberately. But it's not just principle, right? Like there's literally, literally, not figuratively, there's a high chance, a far higher chance that you'll be hurt by the vaccine. Right, right. Then, but people look at that and say, well, but there's a 100% chance I'm going to be hurt by losing my job. And so it's this horribly manipulative situation that people are being put into. Sure it is. But I, I think there are plenty of people out there who recognize the danger to their health and their well-being, like permanent danger. We're talking about... Right. You can find another job. You can't you, unvax you can't yourself. Find, you can't unvax your brain, right? So if you happen to be one of the people who gets a, a neurological side effect, and I'm not just talking about Guillain-Barre or uh, some sort of palsy, Bell's palsy or something... I'm not talking about Bell's palsy. Guillain-Barre is permanent. That's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a, that's a real dangerous, um, debilitating neurological disorder. Bell's palsy is something that comes and goes for people. Sometimes they'll have part of their face paralyzed or mm-hmm. something. But there are real people out there, and it's becoming very common that you talk to people and you'll, you'll hear about side effects. And there are folks that don't want to admit it. I mean, I know people that I think are having side effects that don't believe they're having side effects. 
Well, right. And the media is out there, again, running interference, saying things like climate change is causing heart defects in unborn babies. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, sure. we'll have and to link to that article. Young, young kids always have heart attacks and strokes. It's so common for eight-year-olds to have heart attacks and strokes. And, of course, there's athletes. There's dozens, dozens, if not hundreds, of incidences of athletes Professional athletes, elite athletes, the peak it's an epidemic of, of their health of and career heart problems. Having career ending or even life ending, many, many have died suddenly and inexplicably, quotes again, mm-hmm. since taking their shots. Like something is really sinister. Something really, really sinister is going on. And it's being hidden and obs obfuc- why do I even try to say that word? Obfuscated. Yeah. My pronunciation PhD only goes so far. I need a booster for it. Yeah, so what do you do? Well, recognize, recognize that this is happening. And you're probably right. Most of our audience has done that. I'm getting out of breath easily because of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a long hauler now. <coughs> but I think you, you've got to take measures... And that's going. They're going to be different for everybody based on your situation. Take measures to exist independently from the system. Even and I don't mean go live off the grid and out in the Wyoming wilderness. Although that sounds really good. Did so, you know there was a BYU player that a basketball player that they found had heart issues here? No, I didn't hear that. I think they're downplaying it. A guy named uh, Richard Harward is out for an indefinite amount of time with what Mark Pope described as a cardiovascular issue. Harward nearly collapsed on the bench during last Thursday's exhibition. Initial thoughts were that Harward just had dehydration, but further tests showed heart issues. Harward could be out a month, or his career could be over. When did Harward take the shot? I think he was vaccinated a few weeks or a few days before, but it doesn't say on this article. We're not allowed to We're not not allowed allowed to draw those conclusions or to even ask those questions. I know somebody, we have a mutual acquaintance that's having some severe problems that I think are attributed to this shot. Use their name, sign language. I'll tell you later. Oh, come on. Um, So what do you do? Well, take measures to exist independently. So financially, you know, a lot of people are saying you got to get, get Bitcoin or something like that. Listen, I'm not going to endorse or denounce Bitcoin or any crypto. You got to decide what's right for you. Get food, get water, get, have have some kind of currency. Hey, you're talking about preparedness. Is there anything we can do to fix the situation? Like I'm I'm wondering, no, if you just get, if we just start to get abrasive back, like if somebody says to you, um, Oh, aren't you wearing a mask or, or I'm, I'm worried about the virus. And you just say, what are you out of your freaking mind? If you you just say, haven't you woken up? Like, haven't you woken up yet? Like you play it back on them. Like you've got to be out of your, your gourd here to you're still believe the lies. I I, like you walk away in disgust or something. I don't know. That's how I feel. I'm not sure if that's the right thing. I think again, that that's situational. Um, (coughs) We need to get Bobby on a, get a, get Bobby on a ventilator here. You know, you mentioned you're, you're worried about Thanksgiving. Those are things that I am worried about. Those are conversations you want to have with people. Definitely have them. I think absurdity can be used both ways. Well, I'm I just mean, laughing at it. I'm I'm angry enough and emotion. I, I'm not emotional about it, but it's abs- it's so absurd. 
But see, the people. I, I think are I can so... speak clearly about it. It's just that it's so absurd that I'm. I'm literally. I find myself on the edge. I. I'm. I tend to speak my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, people who speak their mind, like us, tend to get into some trouble. That's true. They. Get but. Burned at we, the stake. I think we both feel like <laughs> ostracized. Forced. Forced to drink hemlock. Truth has to be spoken. And I'm not trying to prop ourselves up as some great purveyors of truth and righteousness, but... Somebody has to we, say something. We say things, we, we call it like we see it. That's our personality types, and it has gotten me into trouble before, especially like, you know, in professional situations, you know, a, a boardroom, a, a meeting where everyone's being polite, and it's, and it's like the elephant in the room. It's like, anyway, but yeah, you know... If you're in a situation like an, an airplane is a tough one because you can't just leave the airplane when you're 30,000 feet in the air flying over Des Moines or something and you've got two more hours in, in your flight. Well, in that case, the, the consequences are they could, they could make a big deal and, and divert the flight. You could huge, ha- face huge consequences. You could face legal ramifications. But at the Thanksgiving dinner, the, Thanksgiving the, the ramifications dinner or, are different. You know, I, I mentioned last week when I got asked to leave a 7-Eleven I just said, okay, fine, and I left. Now, I could have sat there and, and laughed at the lady. I could have said, really? For, are you, you're seriously going with this still? I think those are, there are situations where that's appropriate, just to be like, really, still? You're still, you're, still, you're still going along with this sham? Now, there's been huge, I mean huge protests all over the world. They don't get a lot of mainstream coverage. But somebody on Twitter said, what's the point of these protests if we aren't overthrowing the governments we're protesting? <laughs> and it's a good question because it, it's my feeling that a big, it doesn't matter if a million people lined up around Capitol Hill in Salt Lake City, a million of us were there and we could have our signs and our chants and then we would go home at night and nothing would change because nobody is holding these people in media and in government accountable. Well, there's it's the not civil... enough to just vote them out because the... they're replaced by people that are just the same. It's a best right. dispenser of statists. It's a best dispenser of statists. Okay. I got to write that down. I just lost my train of thought. A pez dispenser. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> of statists. You're absolutely right. So but, what but what, like how do you how do you you're civil asking... civil disobedience is a civil disobedience is a possibility here. Right. Okay, because when but that that breaks society down because when nobody follows the laws, then you have that situation in it showed showed up in Atlas Shrugged during the Reardon trial where the the government guy just tells him, "Well, you know, just just do this, just agree to it, and and then you can be part of our club and we'll do whatever we want. Right, just get like, the shot and you can get your life Yeah, back. and he tries to say, well, that's not the law. And he's like, well, no, we write the laws so that we can do this, so mm-hmm. that we can break them, right? We write the laws this way so that we can break them and have control over people like you. Right. And, he's, See, and he Pelosi, gives his bitch- Nancy, insider trading. Yeah, so he, Reardon gives his great speech to the jury and everybody realizes how absurd it is. And that's the moment, sort of a turning point in Atlas Shrugged when the public starts to kind of become but, aware. But the problem with Atlas Shrugged is it's a, it's a story. Yeah, it's not reality. In reality, we've had plenty of Reardons give speeches We're like having that. them every day now. You have, you have, there's so many incidences of people giving a Reardon-esque speech to school boards, to their city councils, to even on the halls, even in Congress, right? People go to and testify to Congress or congressmen taking the floor 
and nothing changes. Well, yeah. Nothing happens. But the only the only thing is you yeah. set your if you allow this to continue, you set yourself up for the powers that be or the government or the oligarchy coming down upon you whenever they want. When right. the whole society is corrupt, then they have no um nothing holds them back from saying you're a lawbreaker because you are a lawbreaker. How many times has Rand Paul grilled Anthony Fauci under oath in Congress? Three times, I think now. And all three times he has shown that Fauci is, is lying. And yet Fauci still has his job. Fauci is not being investigated. He's not being indicted. He's not being arrested. What Fauci has done is criminal and des- and deserves arresting. Yeah. He deserves a criminal investigation. Well, the whole thing does. He's still the highest paid government employee, employee in, the in the federal government. Yeah. He has his freedom. He has his fame. Nothing happens. Okay, but what 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 I'm saying is that if if we allow, we have to fight even the... We got to roll back these bad laws and these bad regulations. And so civil disobedience, yeah, that is an option. But the problem is that once the laws are passed, then then your society's corrupt and they can come get you at any point in time mm-hmm. and accuse you of breaking the law. But this is this is the way most of the world works. Like especially on on the gun rights issue, there are a lot of countries, most countries. There's, I, I think America is probably the last bastion of um, freedom in that sense, where people believe they have the right to protect themselves, and they have the Second Amendment thing, right? Other in other countries, people own guns. There's a lot of people that own guns. Some of them own them legally. Some of them own them illegally, and there have been, like like in New Zealand, right? They had a, after that shooting, they passed laws and made a bunch of people turn on their guns, but they estimated it was like, what, 20% of the guns got turned in? Probably. There, it, was, a, there was a shooting in New Zealand recently where the man killed was counted as a COVID death. Okay. And the, and the news reporter just, actually just sit there and says it. He just says the man sustained a fatal gunshot, but also had a COVID positive test in the autopsy and will be counted as a COVID death. They literally said that. It's like, I can't tell if the news reporter is saying it it, as as a way of saying, wake up, please, people wake up, or he's just mindlessly reporting it, but... Well, anyway, the, yeah. my point is that Australia people, did people break thing, the laws. Right? They had a big gun buyback. Yeah, and, and people do have guns, but the problem is if they, if they go underground, you know, th- there's a saying that if it's time to bury them, it's time to use them, mm-hmm. right? And so we can't, I, I'm just bringing this up because we can't let the creeping tyranny continue to corrupt our laws to where See, I'm, it, it tries to paint all these people like, they are trying right now to paint them as domestic terrorists. That's the problem with these anti-discrimination laws and the hate crime laws and the hate speech laws is that it then makes any so speech I, 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 hateable or uh, censorable. I'm of the feeling that it's far too late. Like the 1990s were the time to turn the tide on these. That's when it really started to ramp up the hate speech and the hate crime laws. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're so far gone in our society that I think anymore the there's two there's two paths out of this one is a, a massive revolution not necessarily saying violent okay but I'm saying it 
protesting the governments leads to overthrowing the governments. Okay. How, how that's accomplished, use your imagination, but I'm not going to advocate for violence yet. <laughs> but th- that's one way. Another way is to, to galt gulch it, is to extricate yourself from the society, whatever that means, whether it means becoming completely independent and not needing a job with a traditional employer, if it means having stock, you know, years and years worth of food storage. Food it's, it's interesting that it's, it, it, if only we'd been told for generations to have a, a year or so supply of food and water well, in our homes. Uh, uh, you know, things did change in the 90s and that stopped getting talked about. It did. And now we've even been told to not have too much on hand. Don't have too much prepared. Be prepared, but not too not prepared. Same people. Be prepared. But, but no, it, I don't think they were the same people. I think these are oh, the, the, young, think, the think, younger crew. I think it was the same individual. We'll have to do some historical research on that. But, okay. But... My point is, you're going to have to find a way to survive independently of this system for as long as we can until I think, I, and, and it may come to, it may come, we, you've said this over and over, it may come to some sort of civil war or fragmentation of the, of the country into, if not officially, into some sort of regions, which we kind of already have. You know, people are calling Florida the free state of Florida. And I think that's an overstatement because there's still a lot of this overreach on smaller levels in Florida, school boards and cities and things like that. And DeSantis, love him or hate him, whatever, he's trying to fight it. But the problem is he's also, I think, some in some ways, he's overreaching the other direction. In the other direction. That's one of my arguments is that it could, the pendulum could swing back to statism of the quote unquote conservative variety and we could end up in a war with China. And all of our right. good. Remember the the we've talked about this before. The oligarchy funds both sides of the war, and we don't want all of our good kids getting drafted into some conflagration with a a, a world power like that just to to change the subject. Right, which they will do. That of course that they, is a real thing. They've already they're laying again these mandates and these things are so important because they lay the foundation for. Everything else, they can say mm-hmm. you, you. We're not inst- we're not reinstituting the draft, but you have to go and fight because it's for the health and the safety of all. And certain rights can be reasonably can restricted. Be reasonably restricted if it protects the health and safety right, right. of all. Right. Whatever. Okay. So there's three. <laughs> That's you, a quote, you kinda, by the way. You can find it. We've talked about there. that quote before. There's a new one. Okay. Just to be perfectly clear, clear Bobby's making and I are making veiled references to things that have been said by the leadership of the prevailing church religion, the predominant majority religion in the state of Utah, formerly known as the Mormons. (laughs) Okay, so you mentioned three things, I think. We're not talking about a revolution. We take revolution off the table, and you've got civil disobedience. Well, I guess I kind of mentioned that activism you were talking about and preparation mm-hmm. are, those, are those three good categories i'm writing sure. a book i'm going to write a book on this and i need or, or i'm going to do a sacrament talk on it or something <laughs> and i need to have three good categories here firstly firstly yes <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's fair those are good categories are there are there other categories we'd have like because uh, activism you could throw into that you know evangelizing you know anybody you talk to or whatever 
civil disobedience you you can couple with activism or you could just disobey i mean when when the laws you know the laws are corrupt when they make outlaws or criminals of good men and good women or soccer moms yeah and if they exactly and if they do you know there's nothing that makes it moral tomorrow if the if the gun laws change or if there was some strange verdict out of Kenosha Wisconsin where the jury convicts Kyle Rittenhouse or something nothing about the morality of self defense changes nothing right right nothing nothing about the morality of um speaking freely changed when hate speech laws were passed right nothing nothing immoral about that it's just that the society has decided to punish people for exercising those god-given rights so so civil disobedience is an interesting tact i think um jordan peterson kind of got notoriety professor jordan peterson up in canada got notoriety for this when they they were thinking of i I don't know if they did it but they the pronouns were on the table right Mm -hmm. they were going to mandate uh, use of pronouns, and he went on a big rant, rant rampage outside of his college, outside saying, "You know, there's no way I, I, I well, shouldn't be forced he, to he speak this way." Compelled speech. Yeah, he was right. He is right. Now we have compelled speech and compelled thought and compelled actions and compelled. Everything is being compelled. So, so when you do that, you then, if you if you're civil disobedient and you're civilly disobedient and you're quiet about it that's one thing but the the statist response to this civil disobedience and telling people about it has been cancel culture where uh some guy like a guy that's been in the news recently was aaron Rodgers, uh quarterback famous quarterback for the green bay packers he's an active quarterback and he came out and let everybody know that he had covid and that he was fine <laughs> and it totally gotten over it and did the whole Joe Rogan uh, regimen of horse medicine, horse medicine, yeah, horse dewormer, which they're still, the mainstream media is still pushing that. Do you know that I know a person who actually took the horse version of it? I do too. And they were, they were fine. They said they looked up the material data safety sheet on it. There's, yeah. that's a common. You take a small dosage of it based on your body weight. That's right. You do it just like you're dosing a horse. You figure out your weight and you take it. And he said he looked up the, the material safety sheet to see what was in it. And the active ingredients, the ones that, it, the warn, there's a big warning that says, don't take this internally, you know, call poison control. And then the active ingredients, ingredients that they're worried about are, number one, ivermectin. <laughs> and number two, titanium dioxide, which is white food coloring. Right. So it is just FYI. That, that that's anecdotal. Don't don't use this as medical advice. You go look up the data sheet yourself to see what's in it. But my understanding is that that stuff is actually the stuff labeled as ivermectin, horse dewormer, is actually ivermectin. It is. It's the same stuff. It, there's not a horse version and a human version. It's the same. That's what I'm saying. It's ivermectin. Right. <laughs> right. You seem to not no, be I'm computing here. Okay, you. you're agreeing. I'm agreeing with you. It's the same. Like, but the mainstream narrative has been that it's horse medicine and only horse medicine. Right. Which is ridiculous. Because they do sell it in pills for human consumption. Yeah, and all it is is a smaller dosage because humans are small. Humans are smaller than horses. And I'm sure maybe there's more nuance than that. But I do know people who, who bought this at a, a vet, vet, veterinarian type place, like an IFA. You can or, buy it on Amazon. Yeah. And uh, 
and they took smaller dosage as a prophylactic, as a prevention. Yeah. And some who have taken it when they got sick. Anyway. Maybe I should go get some. You might. This individual that I know said he took it as a prophylactic and he felt great. He said it really helped. Maybe we should try it. Yeah. I heard it tastes like applesauce is what I heard. Well, they flavor it for the, for the, for horses, the horses to, yeah. to eat it. <laughs> you'll be healthy as a horse. <laughs> as they say, if you take horse medicine, you'll be healthy as a horse. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I was talking about that was because Aaron Rodgers had gone the Joe Rogan route. And he's unvaccinated, by the way. Yeah, he he came out and said he had COVID and he told him that he was not vaccinated. And it made everybody on the statist side of things, that means right or left, whatever, in the news media went apoplectic because Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaccinated. Oh, right. Oh, by the way, Ben Roethlisberger, who is the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah was out yesterday, meaning he was unable to play because mm-hmm. he's now on the COVID list. Okay. Is, ben, he, is he unvaccinated? Ben Roethlisberger is vaccinated. Oh, okay. Aaron Rodgers played yesterday. He was cleared to play and had a great game, and they won. And and yet people don't see that the absurdity of it. So Roethlisberger's out, and nobody's talking about it. Not really. And he has COVID. Apparently. Weird. Well, anyway, so you have two different views there about how these guys handled it. And Aaron Rodgers did his civil disobedience and they're trying to cancel him. He went out, got ahead of it. And he's like, look, cancel me, whatever. It's my health. And and Aaron Rodgers, he's someone I followed for a long time because he's outspoken. He's interesting. He's funny. You know, a lot of people probably just see him on the State Farm commercials. and But he goes on a certain uh, radio program. Every Tuesday, the uh, Pat McAfee show. And if Pat McAfee is another kind of outspoken black sheep. He's the media, the mainstream sports media blacklisted him. Really? So he maybe brown, maybe gray br- listed, br- brown him, listed him, brown listed him, brown listed him, but he couldn't get a job. Like, and so what he did is he just started his own show mm-hmm. and it's huge and there's profanity and they talk about taboo things and but they have Aaron Rodgers on there all the time, you know, mm-hmm. once a week. And Aaron Rodgers is a brilliant troll. He's, he's, he's a troll and he does a really good job of it when he needs to. And he's now come out and said that he will no longer be doing any in-person press conferences after the games. If reporters want to talk to him, he will be on Zoom and masked and they can talk to him that way. <laughs> so he's just... Thumb in his nose at these idiots who misrepresented his point of view, who slandered him, who dragged him through the mud. And, you know, of course, he recovered in a few Record days time. And is fine. I think he was always fine, maybe a few mild symptoms. But He's healthy as a horse. Anyway, that wasn't. And your, they, they your even point. call him workhorses. No, he engaged in civil disobedience and he got canceled for it because he talked about it. In a way, he's uncancelable, though. He's got tons of money. The Green Bay Packers certainly aren't going to fire him. He's the key to their success. John Cleese. John Cleese is another one. Who's, he canceled himself. He, Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. He is uh, one of the Monty Python troupe. And was it Cambridge or Oxford? I think it was Cambridge was going to have him come speak. But 
they canceled a guy that another guy that was going to come speak because he had impersonated Hitler at one point in his life. And Cleese is famous for having done that repeatedly. And so he canceled himself and he said, I'm not going to come speak to you guys. I'm canceling myself. If you want, you know, he's, he's one of those guys who famously apologized to all, uh, Brits for making fun of white British people after the Simpson dude. What's his name? Uh, that does the Apu voice. Yeah, I, I'm. It's a Hank it's, Azaria. Yeah, that's his name. He apologized for doing Indian people. Mm-hmm. So John Cleese apologized for right. making fun of white British people. Anyway, uh, he said, "Look, if you want to have me over here, why don't you get you guys go rent somewhere? I'll come speak to you, but I'm not going to do it under you." You know, I'm not going to play by your rules. I'm canceling myself, you know, because everybody loves this guy, right? They right. want him to come speak and they'll forgive him for, because it's Monty Python. Well, I don't know if they'll forgive him. I'm surprised he hasn't been canceled. Probably the fact that he's been out in front of it has made it so he's Well, he's uncancelable. He's using absurdity to, to fight back. He's using yeah. his comedy and, his, and pointing out how stupid this stuff is. That's what comedians do. You know, Chappelle's famous for that. And he's... They've yeah. tried to cancel Chappelle. I'm just remembering the silly walk, the ministry of the silly walk. This is a total rip on British government, <laughs> but there's an episode of Monty Python. I'll link to it. Uh, there's a government ministry, this fake government ministry that they have uh, set up called the ministry of the silly walk. And it shows people walking really weird. And some guy comes in, trying to get funding. He wants to get a government subsidy to further his silly walk. And Cleese plays the guy who is the minister making these decisions. And he's like, well, it's really not that silly. And see, he stands up and walks around right. the room and he right. t- he's got these long legs. Well, it's, it's hilarious. Hard, it's hard to parody what's real though now because look, the, the governments are that silly. Nowadays, <laughs> like the things that governments is, are funding and the, the re, it's, it's, a, it's complete unbridled absurdity. Like just for example, I believe it was Ron Rand, Rand Paul that exposed some of these things in the last uh, pork spending cares package or whatever. One of the things, I don't know if I can even say this on there, but on the air, but it's so absurd the government has set aside X millions of dollars to study the feasibility of, you know how you do retinal scans to, mm. to do identities? Okay. Buckle your seatbelt. They're studying the feasibility of the anal print. <laughs> Meaning like they, they think that it's possible to identify a person <laughs> by the... Did this all come about because someone misspelled retinal? I don't think so. I literally, I get a find, I'm going to have to find it for the listeners. <laughs> but there is government money working to determine if they can identify you by your Do you by Uranus, to, which is a pl- a planet. And did they? Well, I'm not going to. Uh, I don't know very don't much to, about uh, it. I I read does it the work article through, through your pants. No, I think that, that they want to install sensors in toilets to so they can like in. The the idea is <laughs> tracking us with our devices isn't enough. That's right. They want to track. We know that the, you used you were a public restroom. Pu- public restroom here at three twenty three p.m. on March fourth, two thousand nineteen. Uh, that's absurdity. But 
Well, of course. I mean, recently the Salt Lake County Health Department, which is awash in absurdity, uh, released a chart with the the number of people uh, who had been vaccinated divided up by their uh, um, horoscope sign. Like, <laughs> like it's just why some some amount of money went into that. All right, where where are we going with all this? So you talked about civil disobedience, preparation. We took revolution off the table. Stanford University researchers used 6,973,000 dollars in funds from the National Cancer Institute to build a toilet that contained three cameras, including one that can identify the user's anal print. <laughs> According to Rand Paul. Now, I don't know if I don't know where you grew up, but where I grew up, putting cameras in toilets is, That's evil. is a grave offense. <laughs> it's a grave offense. The abstract described the toilet as, quote, easily deployable hardware and software for the long-term <coughs> analysis of a user's excreta through data collection and models of human health. I'm sorry. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, thank you. That's much better. <laughs> well, look at how absurd. I mean, and there, there's millions. Well, maybe not. Well, there's billions of dollars that are going to just absolute absurdity. Things like this. And they, and they always come up in these spending bills. You know what they're calling the latest one? Because about every six months, we need another three or four trillion dollar bill. You know what they're calling this latest one? What? The Build Back Better bill. Oh, really? Build Back Better. Is that the one they just passed or the one they're trying to pass after that? I think it's the one that's still being debated. Debated, but like I, I, I think I they, got the, they got the votes in Congress. Remember, it used to be, remember when spe- spending a trillion dollars was was scandalous. It took, wasn't, wasn't that I think long it took ago. 200 years for this country to get into a trillion dollars worth of debt. And then in the last 30 or 40, we've... Uh, it's in the, what, 30 trillion now or something? I don't know. Doesn't, I don't know if it, it even it's matters It's not anymore. even a, a number that's real anymore. I don't know. I don't know. It's apocalypse now. That's going to be the... Uh, <laughs> That's the title of this episode. It's it's going now. Like if you don't believe it's now, wait and see in a couple of years, and it will be too late. It is it is I, happening. I, I now. think it is too late. Now I don't I don't think that means we we are going to be living in pogroms. Well, it's not or too it's not too late to do certain things, but I think it's too late to. I think the republic is over as we as we know it. Oh yeah. And I think, like, there's just no way that sound money is going to be reinstituted. There's no way that constitutional and natural rights are going to be properly protected. Right. There's no way the oligarchy will allow that in a broad way. They might, if there's some sort of a disruption, you know, if if this leads to anarchy and war between the states or civil war inside of states, it could be that we have pockets form. Like, if you live in... uh, I guess if you live in one of these uh, statist enclaves on the coasts or whatever, you might want to consider relocating. That might be a get serious... Out, get out of big cities. I mean, if you haven't already had that thought, 
Texas and and Florida are proving to be somewhat positive. Utah, I'm worried about Utah. I mean, Idaho, Montana. Utah is not, a, Utah is not the free state people think it is. Yeah, there's still some Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming look a heck of a lot better. There's still some last last gasps of freedom here in Utah, but it's it's quickly spiraling into a status dystopia. Well, I do think there's some hope because, you know, like there were all those closed doors meetings, those closed door meetings uh, in the last legislative session where it was kind of like they handed the the governor and the health departments a little bit of an ultimatum, like, look, you either knock it off or we're going to have to pass some, yeah. pr- those, some pretty egregious laws. There I, should never, ever be closed door legislative meetings. No. These are public servants. I'm right. laughing. Right, right, right. I know you're laughing. I see that. Nothing, nothing they do should be behind closed doors. Nothing. And the fact that they did that and do that is a huge red flag. We need to know who says it, who says what, and, and why they're saying it, what they're saying, what they're spending money on, what they're debating. We need to, to know what, what they said to the governor. We elected these people to represent us, and then they go off and do things without us knowing about it which is, of course, the hallmark of American democracy. Yeah. Well, anyway, there are better places to live than... Some places are better than others, and it is looking like there will probably be some significant realignments, changes uh, in in a country that people thought could never fall. You right. know, it, it does appear that that's a, that's a really good possibility. Years. One silver lining in all this is, a, in, a, in a lot of ways, the left-right dichotomy is breaking down, and you have new sides being formed between freedom and tyranny. And yeah. people who have been on the left, people who have been on the right, are coalescing together and finding un- unlikely alliances, saying, you know what, three years ago I would have disagreed with most of what you have to say, but now I see that you value freedom, even though we see the world differently or have different roads to the same end, you value freedom. So so we we can can, work together. We can work together to defeat this tyranny that is everywhere. It's everywhere. Or to build a society, just to build build independence outside of these systems is defeating the tyranny. Right. There's lots of different smaller ways to do that from being you know, preparation and pulling your kids out of school and doing homeschool or at least supplementing your kids schooling with your own, you know, following up on what they're learning would be a good start. Well, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, that's, that was one of the big debates uh, that, that parents aren't supposed to know what their kids are learning and being taught in school. And that if you are concerned about that, you're a domestic terrorist. That's not even over the top me. That's I know that's, that that's was literally said. Yeah, that was said. Get parents out of school was actually, you know, a talking point well, in some of these governors races. It's it's an awful situation. It is. And I think we we keep going on and on about it. I really do want to invite the listeners. I hope if you're listening that you will post on the website thoughts on your thoughts, your potentially your solutions, your ideas. Any, anything you might have to add to the conversation, I think, would be really positive <laughs> for this little sure. community here. And, you know, I, uh, 
I hope God will bless all of you and inspire you about what to do because we really are in that in that weird place. We are in a weird place and it's slow motion. You know, there's nothing short of the people all coming together and collectively peacefully repenting, changing our minds and 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 it becoming voiced shouted from all the rooftops where we know and every and and those people that tend to have that cog- cognitive dissonance where they all of a sudden go, oh yeah, you're right. The peer pressure becomes strong enough that there's this wave of uh, of reality sweeping over the people. Short of that, you know, there. I just, I think you're right. I don't think this situation is going to be fixed. I think we have, it's, it's like a, it's like a labor and delivery type of a situation. You've got to have the baby. This this uh, baby that society has been pregnant with for a long time is going to be born. And on the other side of it, we, we're going to have to hope we can uh, help that baby have a positive home instead of a <laughs> a child abuse situation that they want. Yeah, we're in a tough situation. And uh, so do do what you can do in your situation, in your personal life, in your family and sphere of circle of influence or triangle or straight line of influence. <laughs> do what you can to ready yourself and to find, find, find different ways to fight against it, to prepare yourself to live independently of this, this awful situation for as long as you can. And speak up. Now's the time Tell to speak the truth. up. Tell the truth. Speak out to people. I mean, it's still, there's still so much absurdity and we need to point it out. And then don't go along with it. Don't go along with it. As much as you can, you know, abstain from the absurdity. Well, should we wrap up? Yeah. Uh, so we're not going to see you next week. Right. I will be um, finding someone else to talk to next right. week. Now's your chance. Now's your <laughs> chance, people. And that ought to be fun. Are, is this, you're taking a flight? You're going somewhere far away? Yeah, I'm going somewhere. To an the, undisclosed location? For the Thanksgiving holiday. Okay. Just a... Uh, big and highly anticipated flood family reunion or just uh you and flood family Mrs. getaway Mrs. flood yeah lots of people going okay awesome highly anticipated for some okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm a simple man you don't seem so enthused with simple pleasures you don't seem so enthused well i wish you a happy thanksgiving and yes, your family likewise. a happy thing and a peaceful Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. I will not be here next week, as we just said, to wish you that in a more timely manner. But happy Thanksgiving. As always, we appreciate all your feedback and you listening and spreading the word. Happy expensive Thanksgiving. <laughs> You've seen those headlines recently? Why your Thanksgiving dinner will cost more than ever. And why that's a good thing. <laughs> yes, I have. Well, I don't want to open up another can of Mountain Dew or worms. The same, they're the same worms we've been discussing. Okay. Well, give us some feedback and uh, everyone be positive, be happy, be
be the hero in your own story. Yeah, thanks everybody. We will see you again on the Mind Virus Podcast. <laughs>